this ain't no, this ain't no how the Grinch stole Christmas <laughs> by the Minions people. This is the bad man. Welcome to Film Club. Now playing Fat Man. You like Huey Lewis on the news? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. That's a bingo. Not the bird. No, not the bug. I have a bad with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday play. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Game first, last. There is no try. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Stuff that dreams are made of. I'm the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. Excellent. It's not a tumor. idiot. Hello, Poppy. Ask me about my winner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My man. Think I got this job because I'm fat and jolly? Fat Man is the unconventional Christmas movie that falls in the steps of Gremlins and Krampus. However, where those two films center on the supernatural, Fat Man is grounded in reality, which in turn ends up being the film's greatest strength. Written and directed by the Nelms Brothers and starring Mel Gibson as the titular Fat Man and Walton Goggins as the Skinny Man. Every actor gives great performances and the film goes to show how far you can go with the concept and the movie magic that occurs when everyone is on the same page. A Christmas movie that 2020 deserves. Actually, no, it's too good. It's too good for 2020. Yeah, it is way too good for 2020. The Christmas movie 2019 forgot. So I don't have like a whole prepared spiel because I didn't take a lot of notes with this. I watched it last night and just let it like let it wash it. over me. Yeah, it's just <laughs> enjoyed it because I was thinking back about parts where I actually like laughed out loud and there weren't too many, but I was like thoroughly smiling the entire movie. And I think we talk about world building a lot. The world building in this movie and the way they realistically treat Santa Claus is Has no business being that good. It's phenomenal. Like the little details of uh, Mrs. Claus just baking perfect Christmas cookies every time. They're such beautiful cookies and like he lives off of them when he's first going to drive to the town. He's like, "Uh, how about I make you some cookies and some milk? And he goes, "Mm, that'd be nice. Yeah. That and like just the whole economic factor of Santa as like, because they don't really go into the magic of it. You understand that he's probably been doing this for hundreds of years. So there's something in his DNA, but they don't go into like the magic of how the workshop works. It's like a real grounded farm ranch workshop factory area that has like a bottom line. They're in, they're in the red. Half the plot is that they're in the red and it's hysterical. They throw away um, that explanation with one line. It's like, it's the giving that keeps him young. Every elf takes a 20 minute nap every eight hours. That keeps our bodies fresh and allows us to work on a 24 hour rotation. How long can you keep that up? Indefinitely. That's why elves live much longer than humans. And Chris, he does the same? No. It's a giving that keeps him young. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's but I love joke, that they yeah. do that. Yeah. But they, they, do. they do sprinkle, they do sprinkle in like um, bits here and there. Like when he's using the, the hand compressor, he breaks it in half. He, he's able to lift that box by himself. Yep. There's a, I mean, 
Uh, he pulls gets, the drawer out and there's yeah, five more. This is a reoccurring event when he gets stressed out. When he's calling all the people because he doesn't want to do the army contract, he ends, he says, all right, hey, Elon. You're like, oh, it's just, he's in contact with all the billionaires because he's Sam. So of course he is. Some kids with a deer rifle put two holes in the sleigh, one in me. When he gets shot with the buckshot from the kids at the beginning and he shows Mrs. Claus and like he treats it like uh assassin on like a bad hit like uh, Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men it's like the same scene but it's with Santa Claus and then he there's a little line where he says like oh it'll heal up like well just like the other ones so and that then goes to the end when uh basically he has like a healing factor of sorts so he's superhuman and we accept it there's like this there's this amazing moment where when Walton Goggins goes to the shooting range and you could literally tell that like this was just a factory and they just put a sign on it to say shooting range. And I was like, this is hysterical because it fits within the brand of the movie, but it's also, this movie was definitely cutting corners wherever it could. So that really made me laugh, but it also kind of impressed me. Second thing was when he does go out for Christmas, right? I was like, man, this movie has no budget or they spent all of it on Mel Gibson, Walton Goggins. How the fuck are they going to show Santa like running around like in the sleigh? And then he just gets goes into the barn and then it just cuts to like him coming home the next day. And I was like, this is genius. Like we, we know just, the, we know the deal. Like we, we know like we can just imagine what's going to happen and we don't need to see a CGI shot of it like at all. It's one of the few Christmas movies where Christmas is not the climax. Most, if not yeah. all Christmas movies lead up to Christmas. This one, the end of the first act is Christmas of sorts. And then the rest of the movie is just more of like, going into January in the next fiscal quarter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of the things that like blew me away about this movie was how seriously the movie takes itself. And that's why it works so well. And Mel, like, like you said, like we said, you play Santa, but he's definitely yep. not the holly jolly um, guy that we're used to seeing. So how would you describe it? He's just a regular Joe with, uh, you know, life problems. You know, he's got a mortgage to pay. <laughs> he's having trouble making ends meet. He's got to battle some of his demons. You know, he's got to keep the elves in check. Uh, you know, he's just he's just a regular kind of guy. He, he's it's, 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 Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, he's just got hemorrhoids like everybody else. <laughs> if it was tongue-in-cheek, if there was, like, winks at the camera or something like that, like, this movie would not work. But it's the fact that, like, Walton Goggins and Mel Gibson and even this amazing kid, like, that kid has way more adult expression to his face Chance than a child speech. really should. Yeah. Don't, don't forget uh, Marianne Jean-Baptiste. I mean, that role could have easily just been uh, the laziest done role, and she at least gives something... She puts a lot into it. That's Mrs. Claus? Yeah. Yeah, their chemistry oh, is amazing. Yeah. yeah so good. She's supportive. Like, she really is able to convince Santa of all these things. Like, he thanks her numerous she's times. Like, she's his anchor by far. Her, I, I think without her, I don't know if the movie works as well. I think, like, just because the heart that she kind of, like, gives the performance and, like, kind of, like, she kind of, like, elevates... Mel Gibson's performance and, like, mm -hmm. elevates, like, kind of, like, the Santa Claus, like, kind of whole Chris Kringle like mythos and so like I ended up liking this movie way more than I expected. I think I think we all did yeah I like like Christmas movies I'm a little bit softer on because like but this is still like through and through a hundred percent a Christmas movie even yes. if like the, the, the tone is like kind of like 
it's not even really all over the place. It takes itself so seriously and it's like very much like it's definitely like a dark comedy maybe i wish that they played with the the comedy aspect a little bit more but it's like it's almost like yeah. uh like if a european filmmaker made a dark comedy about santa claus because it's still very serious but like because like in bruges is a very serious movie but it's just like wild by the characters the writing mm. of in bruges is uh stronger too i'd say this one yeah. oh, the writing is strong but the more i think we were all harping on it the setting and the uh, world that they've created we completely buy into the fact that the kid can hire this hitman just to kidnap one of his uh classmates and threaten to torture her with a battery or a car battery that doesn't happen but we're like okay sure this is the type of uh darkness that the world has gone to which contributes then into how santa basically has like not seasonal depression but true like it's really upset that Kids are such like little shits nowadays. So, like he's, he doesn't want to give him coal, but he has to. All I have is a loathing for a world that's forgotten. Yeah, you did I find I um, a little bit of sympathy for the kid. Like not a lot, because he's an evil maniac. You know, you think, oh, his grandmother's this old, just like nice lady, and then <laughs> at the very end, it like it flips, and she's like so evil and so mean yep. and so angry. Like, oh, that's why he's like that. Okay. Instead of like us just like assuming that like he's like this multi-millionaire evil something stuff like I was actually really happy that they have that tail ending because it reminds us that like he's just a child and this is a ridiculous movie well it's bookend with the beginning too where he's writing a letter to Santa in like his crappy yeah. handwriting it's like oh this kid while he is a little more grown in aspects than others he's still a kid who believes in Santa Claus and all these things and wants that magic. everybody does wow I guess that's the interesting thing too they don't really Santa Claus is real so it's not very much like, oh, do you believe in Santa Claus? It's just more of like, oh, have you lost your way? And has Santa no longer given you things? Because there's a really, there's a couple touching moments actually in the movie. The first one that really hooked me was at the bar when he convinces the guy not to stay and uh, cheat on his wife with the bartender. He's like, oh, yeah. hey, hey, Mike, I, if you really drive through the night, you can spend the holidays with your wife and kids. So he's doing good. And you're like, oh, nice. Good job, Santa. And that little thing of how he actually knows everyone, it comes back in the end too. I love that aspect. With uh, Walter Goggins, he's like, ah, oh, Jonathan Miller. You're so, you, I knew you were a bad egg. And then you I get all that, that exposition of like, oh, so Walton Goggins' parents died and every year he wrote to Santa asking him to bring his parents back and Santa couldn't do it. So that drove his obsession with Santa and kind of explains all of his evilness. Another really touching part I thought was when, uh, <laughs> when Santa's boxing, <laughs> the punching bag and uh mrs claus let out those like manila um, folders and it just showed how well, there's a cook and um, santa gave him like a play cook set when he was younger a girl with a fire engine fire yeah, engine who fire then became fire. A, a firewoman and it's just like looking at how oh there are there were good kids back then who grew into be good adults and there's that little heartwarming aspect of it at the end and it's nice and he has a like Santa has an arc in this. At the beginning, he's downtrodden and doesn't believe. And at the end, he's like, okay, I am partially to blame, be blamed for some of these kids acting this way. I'm going to be more proactive. <laughs> he's going to make you believe. He says it maniacally, but you, <laughs> you're still behind him because the kid did try to have him killed. But yeah. he's like, I'm going to be more proactive in um, making it so you get that Christmas spirit, motherfucker. This is partly my fault. You know, I just haven't quite been myself lately, have I, dear? But the time has come to turn things around. 
I've decided to be proactive. The fat man's got his eye on you, kid. <laughs> I actually really liked um, the way they presented the elves. I, I thought, you know, it was like, yeah. it was weirdly grounded, where it's, you, they still have that, like, kind of elvish charm because they're eating all that garbage. We've discovered the most efficient and productive way to eat is simple carbs and sugars. Six times a day. And they're short, and they have the little stupid bells on their um, uh, shoes. I felt sad when at, they got cut off. <laughs> me too. At the, at the same time, it's like, they are taken seriously because they don't just, like, sit around and run. They don't try to fight the, you know, the Walter Goggins when he shows up. They literally book it and escape. Like a that normal one, person would do. That one elf, too, who dismantles the bomb. He's like, what kind of toy is this? Hey, be careful. And he just goes, he, like, like, dismantles it in two seconds. Of he's, he knows how to yeah. he's a like, Exactly. And that was the little details. Like, of course... He's been working with his hands to build things all like he's built four PS5s in the last hour. Like he's good. Let's take it easy, little fella. That's not a toy. So put it down on the ground. Right now. It's like you buy into it and like you buy into just about everything for this movie, at least like in like in my head, like I really enjoyed it. But then it has some like clumsy little moments, but it kind of, of adds to the movie as well. Because it's like such like it's still a Christmas movie, like there's that moment when uh, Walter Goggins gets to to the workshop, and the North Pole, like the, and the soldier is like, "Oh, I think I'm, I think me and my ex-wife are gonna get back together," and then the next scene they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like you have that little moment. It's just like, how do we build sympathy for these soldiers? And it's just like you know, it's like, oh, me and my ex-wife, we're gonna get back together. Like I think I, I really believe it this time that we can do good together. And uh, Walter Goggins just like shoots in the cold blood. Completely. <laughs> <laughs> you feel a little bad. It's a, that was a, I mean, not necessarily a reversal, but uh, when when the army comes in, you think it's going to be this big clash between the two, and they yeah, end up like meshing perfectly. Like the main army commander, or whatever, is enamored and like in awe of the workshop, and he loves their work ethic. And he's like, you got a good, this is amazing. You got a really good thing going right here. Uh, seven is the point. Or they don't reuse numbers and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah, I love that they don't reuse numbers. That's just a funny little detail. It's like honor, yeah. like there's an honor system. Like it's really good at the world building. And I mean, like you have two, like, listen, I understand it's not cool to like Mel Gibson, but like, Say what you want about Mel Gibson, but the son of a bitch knows story structure. At the end of the day, he's still Mel Gibson. He can still he can still hack it. But Walton Goggins, I think, is a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. Like he's been around for a really long time. I've been watching like I, like last year I watched The Shield, which was like his breakout role. He's fucking amazing in that show. And it's so funny because Walton Goggins is such a peculiar looking person. Like he's a very interesting looking guy, like that that crazy weird receding hairline that he has. Yeah, he still kind of has like a full, that ultimate like widow's peak. Head of hair, yeah. but it's ultimate like, widow's peak. Yeah, I don't know. I just I think he's great, and like I was I was just really impressed with both of their performances in this movie because they take it so seriously, and that's why I loved it. Yeah, there's some really interesting and strange details about Walton Goggins with uh, his obsession with things made in Santa's workshop, just buying that, trying to like absorb the Christmas joy from it's other people. He he got, like a mold, he had that like one toy. He only got that one toy, so he's I love jealous. I he and just like, throws it at him <laughs> into the snow. Oh, the little, co- yeah. 
but uh, just he loves his hamster. Because he's a bad guy, so he's a reptile person. Yeah, you're a snake, and right? I'm not a reptile person. I'm a hamster person. <laughs> There's still like something he's holding on to that maybe that he feels like he's like warmer or like nicer than he is, and like you know he thinks that he's doing the right thing by taking yeah. away Santa Claus. I love that line too, though, because he's like, "No, I like hamsters." She's like, "No, you probably like snakes, right?" And he goes like, "Oh, you just like my mom. She didn't listen either." <laughs> like, I've told you what I like. Like what? <laughs> That's a great line. You know, it's funny. You you don't strike me as a hamster person. Well, I am. You seem more like a, a reptile person. I have a great selection of chameleons. I don't want a chameleon. Snakes. That's it. You're a snake person. Snakes eat hamsters. You know, lots of people don't know what kind of pet person they are, but I'm really good at this. You know, you remind me a lot of my mother. She wasn't a good listener, and she never knew when to shut the fuck up. The montage of him driving up, like him driving up through Canada, yeah. and they go through yeah. the radio, and it's a new song every single time. Not just a new song, but like a new genre. Just good, low-budget filmmaking to show yeah. the time passing of him traveling up through Canada. Well, like, the score is actually pretty solid as well. Yeah. Man, this movie has no business being yeah, as good as it is. It really doesn't have any business being as good as it is. I hope DVDs and Blu-rays kind of help it along because it did not do well in the box office this nah, year. I just but, I mean, looked most that up right now. But this one did kind of horribly. I think this will be a cult one. I think this will like get like a second I wind. Agree. Yeah. It'll get a second wind like on DVD sales and like once people kind of like catch wind of it because like. Dude, this like, is going to be on Netflix and then everybody's going to watch this movie. I, I told my buddy too. I'm like. Yeah, there's this movie called Fat Man out. I'm watching. He goes like, "Oh, what is that?" I'm like, "Oh, it's uh, Mel Gibson as Santa Claus action movie." You know, <laughs> it's like, one, one of those. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those movies where the the critic response is so low, but the audience response is super high. Yeah, I saw I was on IMDb and I saw that it was it's at a 5.9 on IMDb. Then I scrolled down because I wanted to get to the trivia and I saw all the user ratings that are right above it. And it's like and everyone's like this movie seven great. stars, eight stars, nine <laughs> stars. I love this movie. Oh, it's so great. It's like there's the darkness of the world that it's in, but at the end there's hope and Santa is rejuvenated. I watched uh, Krampus the other day too and that one it's Isn't a good it movie. Awesome? It's a really good um fun movie and it also didn't do well in the box office just because these are probably similarly um marketed and the sense that how do you market a Christmas movie that doesn't have all the jingles and bells and the wide appeal of like like a normal movie like The Grinch what have you or a Home Alone or The Holiday. You just need a break. We're all feeling it this year. I should have charged them royalties for my image. Now, that's what we should have done. That's not who we are. No, we're only the largest economic stimulus in the entire world. Christmas generates $3 trillion in the U.S. alone. We can't even pay our power bill. You think there's something wrong with that? Oh, is that how we're measuring success now? They're so ancient. They've been around forever. And, like, you know, Seven's been there. Like, he's been there. Like, it's just great little, like, world building. I wish like they played with the supernatural strength of Santa and I feel like it needed that like kind of like the superhero suit up moment when like you kind of mm. have like a classical version of his while I did love like the kind of like modern like reds kind of like jacket with the oh fur. You're, that's a good point I would have liked to have seen him in a suit at the end like, like even if it's like kind of like just like the the hat is like correct or something like that you know like it's Santa Claus in his proper like you know his like the classic attire that we all know and love like hey like he's hung up the cape and then like the end he's ready to put it back on i'm putting back on the cape yeah <laughs> yeah like dude honestly of, like, i'd be psyched for a sequel they kind of like, set it up but i don't unfortunately i don't think i, no, I can't i love that he finance. complains about not being allowed to drink liquor um on his uh travels he's like it's negative 30. <laughs> yeah 
Like, that's why hot cocoa will do you good. One of the critiques I saw of it was that, like, just the tone was, like, inconsistent. Like, maybe it took itself a little too seriously, and, like, maybe there should have been a bit more comedy to it. But I think, like, because of how serious it was, I think, like, it playing with more of, like, the dark aspects of a dark comedy, I think, like, it just, like, made it, like, kind of funnier. It took me a little bit to, like, warm up to the tone, but mm-hmm. once I realized, like, oh, it yeah. can just become, oh, this is, like, this is all supposed to be ridiculous. Yes. But it's all matter-of-fact, which just kind of makes Everything is so matter-of-fact in this movie. That's exactly it. I think my only, I guess it's, it's a very small gripe with this film is how you have Walter Goggins and um, Chance Hurtfeld, the kid. They're both good in what they do, but the story doesn't really make too much sense. Like, Walter Goggins already hates Santa. He's an assassin, so why doesn't he go after Santa himself? Why does he need the kid to push him that direction? Uh, if you could go with financial reasons. To quote the Dark Knight, if you're good at something, never do it for free. That's, that, that's a similar gripe that I have, where uh, there's two stories going on, mm-hmm. and they don't quite mesh. They have that nice um, meetup at the end, but like a lot of just Walton Goggins and the kid with the science fair and then getting the coal, and then it's just Walton Goggins traveling for the majority of his screen time. It doesn't quite contribute to the story of Santa not being financially sound and doing all these things in the workshop and then rediscovering himself. Epitomizes it enough, so there's enough where it's like, oh, this is like Walton Goggins is, you could say the start of like the bad kids and that trend, and then it's now culminated in this young boy. So there's a little bit of a parallel, but they didn't quite mesh a lot. So sometimes like you're enjoying the Santa's workshop and all this stuff, and then it'll cut to Walton Goggins. And since he's such a good actor and you really like him, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm in for it. But it doesn't move the story along so, so much. Oh, God, when, he, when he's explaining to the kid um, why he why it's a bad idea to cut Santa's head off. Oh, yeah, so funny. What's a big man's head? Severed heads rot, they mold. They don't want his beard. I'm not shaving off a dead man's beard. When I was reading stuff about this movie, um, one of the things I thought was funny is that these two brothers that made this, they're kind of nobodies. Um, and they've just made a career so far on making these like micro budget features. But this was the first movie that these two guys had written. And they, this was the movie that would, that got them representation. So they, I read this article, this interview with them and they were like, yeah, we would like, we would walk into a meeting and we'd bring this and they'd be like, oh, okay. You guys are super talented. You can't make this, but we'll let you make something else. So like okay. they've been so they wrote this movie like 15 20 years ago and they've wanted to make it ever since and they just like could never get it done but like the fact that they wrote it is what got them work consistently for the last 15 huh. years so it's a passion project and you really see that because you can see that they have such a clear vision and that yeah. vision is fully realized and then we are able to understand completely yeah. this world yeah. that they've created like everybody's acting, acting like they're in the same him. film too Yes, exactly. That's, that's There's another, no, like, no you, don't, dis- you don't have that weird outlier where some of the people are doing one thing and everybody yeah. else is doing another. Everybody's like, this is the world we have. This is how we're all going to act. And it just, it helps. I bet, like, I, I was, like, there's the scenes where Walton Goggins is alone and he's traveling to Canada. And I was, like, thinking how much fun he and the crew were probably having i bet like as soon as the cameras were done rolling like everybody on set was laughing like especially okay, Walter yeah. goggins you know 
Uh, Mel Gibson, I wonder what it was like directing him in this because like he doesn't, he, Mel Gibson hasn't really done a farce type of movie or like anything comedic related really since the early 90s. So I, I wonder what, I wonder like, was it like he was very serious on set while he was doing this or like he, this was just him having fun? I feel like it's not going to be in between. It's going to be one. I feel like it's the latter though because his performance while serious he there's parts where he's smiling that he seems genuinely happy especially with when he's talking with his wife when he gets that like a little more pep in his step he really seems to like be truly enjoying himself in the world of the movie so i think they were able to just channel this great gibson performance and like he tears up at parts when he's looking at the manila envelopes he like gets really angry with uh wealth and goggins as he's there there there's a sex scene you don't see it, but like him and Mrs. Claus make love, and they seem to be yes, truly, they truly, ha truly happy in each other's arms. There's the bit where it's like, "I've come for your head, fat man." You think you're the first? And you see it after the the sex scene as well. Like he's got scars, he's got like bullet wounds. <laughs> like Santa Claus has like in his first Santa night, Claus he gets has, like, he gets scars. shot by buckshot. Yeah, like, he's been shot. He's been like cut up like over the years, and like Santa Claus is just like. It's just like badass nomad. It's such a clever workaround too, where uh, uh, you just see him underneath the sleigh, like anyone would be in their garage working on their car, and he pulls out the bottom panel, and there's the two gunshots in it, and it's like, oh, well, there's the sleigh, great. Then uh, some FBI guys or army guys come in to offer him like a yearly contract, and all the reindeer are about, and. You're just like, okay, yeah, so he's feeding his reindeer, of course. That's There's a funny little joke about... Oh, that's Donner. Lucky it wasn't Blitzer should tear your package clean off. It's funny. It shouldn't be funny, but it's so funny. Why Donner? For the scene where uh, he has to call the elves in, he's like, sorry for calling you back so early. Uh, yeah. we, like, but we got to get ready for next year's Christmas. And then they all just start cheering. It's like, yeah, these elves fucking love working for Santa. They live for this. But then they like yeah, explain the contract. You'll all be fingerprinted, and they go through this like army rigmarole with all these elves. Yeah, the bells are cut off because the metal detectors. Metal detectors. <laughs> the bells getting cut off actually made me really sad. Yeah, it's, that part was really hard to watch when they're all having like their their like meals and stuff like that. It's all like candy <laughs> and sweets. The buffet. And then you have like the army general who's like, it's just like these people need nutrition, yeah. protein. <laughs> six hours of sleep six uh, hours. They, they do 20 minutes every eight hours and that's why they live so long <laughs> it's similar yeah uh, but it's funny because he loves that because that's such a military idea thing yeah like and also the elf is like confused by his questioning it's like wait what do you mean protein what are you talking about no, we eat we know that sugar and carbs are the best uh thing to keep us going the same scene is basically an elf when uh will yeah. ferrell is like putting syrup on everything and like basic food groups of like candy canes everything and now when there's like that's just straight jokes and will ferrell is yucking it up and it works in that movie as well and this is the exact same except like, for a joke but it's enough different but it still works just as well because yeah, the the soldiers kind of give a, a look but they don't really question it they're just they just kind of let it go yeah. And it's like they did. They don't like play with the. They don't like do anything sinister with the military because you do think like it, you th think it's gonna be like a three way kind of like battle, so to speak, between Santa and the military, Santa and Walton Goggins, uh, the military and Walton Goggins, like vice versa. But like they like the military kind of gets on board pretty quickly, and then like you have that like beautiful scene 
uh, with Seven, and he's like, I'm gonna get you all out of here. Shoot it! Who, it's the soldiers? I, I don't know. Go. I'm initiating barricade protocol yellow. Get into the domestic way. You have Walton Goggins kill the commander, and it's like, you actually feel for the commander. Like, he was trying to help the elves. Yeah. I, I kind of felt that they were just fodder so that the elves yeah. all survived. Yeah. Like, you don't want to kill an elf in a no. Christmas, yeah, Christmas movie. movie. <laughs> no, Even if it's a dark one, you don't want to kill an elf. But I like that too because it didn't go full dark. There's not like when the military yeah. comes, you think they're going to be like, okay, you guys are going to be building weapons and everything or bombs. That's what I thought. And like you want, you assume you'd see a scene of like an elf crying while like making an AK-47, <laughs> which might be a little funny. But uh, and then if that was the same tone they're going for, they definitely would have like shot an elf and everything as well. But sure. they're working for the military, but they're making just like microchips and everything for uh, like rockets, fighter jets, I think. Yeah. You know what this movie reminded me of? Do you guys remember so in the, I think, late 90s, early 2000s, Comedy Central was, like, like for a couple of months, was releasing, like, a movie a month? The Hebrew um, Hammer? The Hebrew <laughs> Hammer. This reminded me straight up, like, the Hebrew Hammer, because that movie also, very similar to this, took itself really seriously, though it was, like, a really, like, obscure concept. It just kind of remi- it kind of reminded me of those early '90s uh, Comedy Central straight to DVD. Yeah, those ones ended up being a little more silly at parts. Like there was that one. There was Knee High PI. Knee High PI. Which was just a little person detective, and that's like <laughs> that was every joke is that he's short. It's and this one, a lot of the jokes are like, oh, he's Jewish, but he's kicking ass. Ha ha ha. Yeah, but this one, like, I guess what we're talking about, like, it's not, it's never silly. No. No. Even though it's it's outrageous, but it's never silly, and that's a hard tone to capture. And kudos to what are the brothers' names? I think one's name was Emos. Ian, Ian, the Nelms brothers. Nelms. Emos and Ian. Or Yosh. I think this film shows off their talents enough, where they'll definitely get something definitely. else post pandemic, and it'll do a lot better. For a twenty million dollar film, this just, it looks nice. Like all of the clever ways in which they cut corners, like with technology, like are really, really interesting. And something as simple as just putting the sign on that factory that said "shooting range." It's hysterical. Yeah, but they put it in the, the far background too. It makes yeah. the film grounded and feel more real with the lower budget. Like you get anything that Marvel pumps out these days. It looks nice. It looks cool. But you know it's all fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder how many uh, CGI shots there are in this movie, if any. Maybe some of the blood. What have Maybe you, but... some of the blood splatter. But even that. Yeah, Most of it looked like squibs. It didn't I mean, really look any, like. Anything, um... anything with Walter Goggins at the end had to have been a squib just because of the white jacket he's wearing the entire time yeah that looked great yeah, when he and, got shot and there's still and that was also ridiculous there. the scene of him buying the jacket seems so arbitrary <laughs> but it's so funny what do you yeah. think it looked like his original trajectory was going to be hero cop because you see like that little he's got like this cowboy outfit in that dresser space mm, yeah but with the guns like, that's where he starts the and then it just goes in a very wrong way yeah because we don't know how his parents died but like him getting the police car from santa it might seem like he wanted maybe some vigilante justice or like you hear like batman his parents died so he goes off to become like for vengeance and justice there are numerous cop movies where their parents are killed by the criminal so then they have to become a cop in order to make it so it doesn't happen to other people and then he went the other way. I'm sorry, son. There are limits to what I can do. I couldn't replace your parents. Another thing that I really liked, which they could have gone 
much more extravagant on was Mel Gibson's beard. It's not like over the top bushy as like the cartoon thing is, but it is this stark white beard. And I believe that like Gibson could really like grow one of those. I think that's his beard. And they might've just dyed it a little bit, but yeah, that's, if it's not, it's a great looking makeup job because that is, it's a solid beard. And again, it's one of those where it works with the character of Santa that we all know and love, but also it's not over the top down to his belly beard, even his belly, like he's called the fat man. He's not he's crazy fat. He's so downtrodden, like right before he has to do the deliveries that he doesn't check the list. Yes, like, I was just gonna yes. say that. She says, do you wanna check it? And he goes, no. You know what I kind of did really want? Like, I think, I know I've mentioned this every time we watch an action movie. Like I'm such a sucker for that scene before the hero go- goes on his final part of his journey and he enters a room of guns and he picks up his guns. I did really want like to see what Santa's like private arsenal was like and have that moment. They, they give you that, but it's like, it's that $20 million budget version. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's a like, tiny little box. He, yeah. he, like, like he goes, he goes for it like it's a home invasion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's under his bed. And like he gets yeah. his wife to help him out with the loading and all that kind of stuff. Cause like they've been through this before, apparently. You think you're the first? I, you're right. You're, I didn't even notice that. Cause like the, the way they talk, like they've obviously had something like this. And I love where she's like, he's like, you take the so and so. And she's just like already right. loading it. Like, and then she's the one who uh, ends up killing Walton Goggins in the end with that old ass, looks like a pirate's pistol. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> he's got like a nine millimeter and like some sort of like huge fucking like magnum of some kind with like a shiv on the end of it i guess i don't fucking know i mean that shootout it's great actually it's like yeah it's a really interesting way to do a shootout like and have them like get closer and closer together and then like and then there's like all that tension of like him being on the other side of the wood pile like and then it gets really real quiet real quiet with them and then like they hear the footsteps and then they have that big altercation and then he fucking stabs santa you think he's gonna overpower him i was at one so point. upset about then that then he goes and he shoots santa in the fucking oh, eyeball and i got yeah i got very upset like they're not like, they're not gonna kill, kill Mel Gibson there's santa a gut, right but it's not yeah it's not just like you get like harkened back to your child it's like they're not about to shoot santa they're about to shoot Santa. They just shot Santa in the fucking head. And like you feel bad. <laughs> okay. You, go, you feel bad, but they also set it up that he's probably gonna survive it. But that's the testimony to a good film. I wasn't sure. I wasn't <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. They led you to believe like Santa Claus is somehow supernatural. But it has this like very largely grounded world. So you think like, I mean, if someone shoots Santa in the head, of course this is gonna kill Santa. <laughs> Yeah, no, but I agree 100%. Like they they set it, they set it up that in this dark reality Santa can die. And then he gets shot in the fucking head and you think for a moment he's going to die. There's like we talked about uh, Marvel movies with their huge budget. Guardians of the Galaxy, you don't think any of them are going to die. Like they get in yeah. dire situations, but you never really feel that. In this, I was truly upset that Chris Kringle might be dead. I love that they call him Chris. Like, I yeah. love his relationship with the guy at the post office. How about that, too? Like, we all knew, we all watched the trailer, I assume, but the way they just slowly give information. They don't straight up say, like, this is Santa Claus. Like, this is Santa Claus. Because I think for the first, like, 15 minutes or so, it's just like, it's going to be, like, Santa Claus, but it's not going to be actually Santa Claus or something like that. 
because I didn't watch the trailer or anything like that. I didn't think okay. like I didn't. I genuinely didn't think it was gonna be like straight up. This is this is actually Santa Claus. <laughs> <It's just funny. laughs> like, but that's also like, how they ground it because there's no normal person named Santa in this world. Yeah, plenty of people not, named Chris. Yeah, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. It's so funny. I was just like, like for a little bit it took me a little bit like because like normally whenever they do something cute like that for Santa Claus they usually go with the Saint Nick so they usually like call him Nick or Nicholas or whatever so it was Chris is funnier then like oh I'm gonna go check the P.O. box and then yeah. they give him the, the cookies and milk like she gives him cookies and milk you're like okay that's a little strange and then he, it's Chris so all the things slowly start to add up and in the bar he knows everything about Mike how are you Mike Nicole and the kids are well, I hope. Where are you? He like, and he talks about the bar's parent too. He's like, yeah, she was a good girl. I have, I've known her her whole life. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's known, he's known everyone their whole life. Yeah. I love it that she offers him a glass of warm milk and he's like, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> he's very appreciative. He's got a great uh, Santa Claus voice in this. Yeah. It's burly. It's you can feel the hurt in his voice too every now and then. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Maybe it's time I retired the coat. Kids dropping bowling balls off the highway. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, dude. And they have those like little moments of like the sharpness and the clumsiness of like the kind of comedy aspect of the writing, where it's just like, and some elementary school kids burned my house down on the radio like they just say like they just say it like matter of factly it's like oh and a bunch of third graders burned us and burned like this old lady's house down and like i like he has this old big red truck because you should have a of red truck a, that a works gigantic with, red chevy like he's playing with like the fm am radio and at one point he puts like a cassette tape in it's like all right good i'm glad he's, he doesn't know like big technology and everything because this uh, it's take, it takes place in modern times yet he's still like with like your parents and everything, like they only know technology up to a certain point and they're like, all right, I'm not learning anything new. This is what I know. And he very much is, okay, I, I can do tape decks. That's, that's about the extent of my technology. Jackson, what professor in grad school said that the cell phone was one of the worst things to ever happen to screenwriting? Uh, I think it was Hal oh, Ackerman. And I thought that was really interesting. And I constantly think about it when I watch movies, especially movies that are like wilderness-based movies. And I thought it was really funny that Walton Goggins gets the text like from the kid, like, can I get an update? And then Walton Goggins takes the phone and then just puts it in the trunk. I was like, oh, this is like, this is just another great way to like, like the kids, avoid technology. The kid's contact is little shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I was wondering, because like, I, I think I might have missed the, the text message about the update. Like, I thought, because the, the kid got the, the, fir the first place prize back after threatening a small child with a car battery. <laughs> <laughs> What's your dog's name? Well, I guess I'll kill that too. <laughs> buddy, 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 buddy Fufu, whatever. Yeah, 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 I'm gonna kill Joe. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna kill Joe. Buddy Fufu too. As well. Kill your mommy, <laughs> daddy. The minute I think the minute I heard that, I think that's when I was like, oh, I know what movie I'm watching. Then he rolls in the window. Merry Christmas, <laughs> dude. Child actors like can go really like you know either way, but like the child actors in this movie are fantastic. They're solid. Yeah, they're really good. Go back to Sean's bit about the text. Uh, initially, I thought. Oh, is he trying to call Walter Goggins to tell yeah. him to no, no longer do the hit? Yeah. I thought he was going to call He's like, I got, my, I got my ribbon. I'm okay now. Yeah. But yeah. no, he still has the vendetta for the coal. 
I think that's I think that's why too. I guess like he doubles down on it because like he gets the he gets the blue ribbon, so he knows he can get away with whatever he wants. Mm. So he's like, all right, kill the fat man. But then Walter Goggins goes too far. He not only tries to kill the fat man, he tries to take down his entire operation. That's a good thing. They did yes, a good job. Does. Like they showed him training in all those uh, areas, yeah. uh, the karate, the shooting the guns. And we believe him that he is like this um, special ops super force guy. Like when he's killing all those army men, I'm not like, well, that's insane. It's like, no, he's an extremely well-prepared psychopath. What's the purpose of your visit? Hunting. I'm going to kill some things. So what are we uh, watching next? Well, let's uh, do final thoughts. Format, format, format. Format, format, format. I'll go first. I just, like, really enjoyed, like, kind of the, the funness of the writing. Like, you could just kind of, like, have a good time with this movie. I didn't have to think about it. I just had to sit down and watch, like, this movie. It took a little bit to, for me to realize the tone. But once you kind of get the tone and what's happening, I think it does, it does a really good job of, like, marrying the two and, like, the two stories while it's, like, two, like, really over-the-top things. It does a really good job of, like, grounding it. Um, everyone in it is kind of, like, really giving it socks in terms of their performance. <laughs> way more than this movie deserved. But they did it, uh, and it made, made this movie way more likable to me. I think I would make this like a like a recurring Christmas movie for my definitely for my watching. Like, I think I would watch this over and over. I'm gonna buy the Blu-ray and add this to my <laughs> shelf for sure. Me too. Uh, if and also like if this movie came out when I was 14, I would have watched it like five times in the month of December 100%. easily. So this one, I saw the trailer for it. And I'm like, oh, this looks like it could be fun enough. But from the trailer, it seems like it's very much just gonna be. Walton Goggins versus Mel Gibson the entire time. Like, this is going to be them fighting each other for the most of the parts of the film. So I thought, okay, that could be enjoyable enough. There could be some few yucks. And boy, was I so pleasantly surprised that this movie is a fully realized movie that not just has those action scenes at the end for the climax, but also has such incredible world building, which we harped upon, incredible performances. Everyone is taking it the right amount of serious because a misstep in a certain way they played it, if they went a little too silly, it would have taken away from the larger aspect of the movie. And I was so happy watching this movie that some, because it's very original, very wholesome, yet it hits most of those Christmas beats. And I really, really, really liked it. Just, yeah, I, can't say it enough. It's, 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 and there's so many good quotes, too, that we've been harking on yeah, and just recalling back. It's very quotable, very enjoyable, great performances, great tone. It's, yeah, it checks so many boxes. And I, I'm really glad we unwrapped this one. But I'm <laughs> solid, solid, Jackson. Um, I can say, after watching the trailer as well, I had an inkling that I was going to enjoy it. I did not realize how much. I was going to enjoy this film. It was a lot better than I thought it would be. Everybody, just to agree with Jackson, everybody came with their A game. Like everybody knew what movie they were making. Yes. Um, so that that definitely helped the enjoyment factor. Because when whenever you get like a movie where a couple people are doing one thing and someone else is doing another, it it does take you out of it. I was never really taken out of this film. I was totally on board. I followed through. I, I sat for one sitting. That's I haven't done that for a film in a little bit. There's been quite a bit of films that we have watched that uh, you know, I'll watch some of it the night before and then finish it up when I wake up in the morning. This one I just watched straight through just because it was just like, it was only an hour and a half. It kept on moving and I didn't, I wasn't bored 
watching it at any point in the film. I would definitely watch this film again, and I think I would probably rate it probably an 85 out of 100. There are small things here and there that are like not great, but not nearly enough to make it a bad film. I think it was a very exceptionally made film, and I hope these guys do more. Yeah, very promising. We all know how I feel about Mel Gibson. We all know how I feel about Walton Goggins. And one of my favorite movies is Let the Right One In. And what I love about Let the Right... Let me finish. Um, two of my favorite movies are Let the Right One In and Border. And I think Border is going to be a movie I'm going to choose for us to watch. That might be my next pick. And what I love about both of those movies is both those movies take folklore and tales that we know a lot about and then puts a creative spin on it. And I think that you know, feeling is like one of the best forms of flattery. And as like a creative person, when I see something that's just so unanimously creative, like it gets me excited and it makes me think, oh, I could take something that everybody else likes and make make it into a new version that they've never seen before. So I think that's what I really, really took away from this movie is that they just had a really great idea. It probably started out with just saying, Santa with guns. And like, we're going to go from there. And I don't know, I just found it to be really inspiring because it's just such a, it's just such a interesting, new, fresh concept about an idea that we know so intimately. And I think that's really, really hard to do. And you really only get movies like that, like once in a while. So I was really happy to watch it. I'm one, I'm 100% already on Amazon on my phone, seeing how much the Blu-ray is because I really want special features for this yeah. movie. It's a fresh take on Santa, and Santa yeah. is all of probably a century which, old for us, yeah. If which not is more. a little weird, because it, it almost makes you think they must have continued to rewrite this as the years went on, because it doesn't feel like it belongs in the early 2000s. It, it does mm. feel like it's a today's type of film. Yeah. You can definitely end um, being, like, it could definitely have ended up in the early 2000s, but it probably wouldn't have been as good. No. Um, also, they could have been cast. so... Could have, they could have gone for such like more cheap jokes and everything. They really could yeah. have, because like, the premise, someone trying to kill Santa, that's a funny enough premise that it could have been greenlit for whatever. And they, they really, got, like, they really went beyond just the simpleness of the premise and made it much deeper. And I think we all truly appreciate that's that. That's something I didn't even, I completely forgot about, like to, like to bring up as well, where it's just like the folklore of like Santa Claus. And they really like, just like play with that folklore and they like, adapt it in a in a way that's like it's familiar but unique and that's like really good writing there's a great scene with uh, walton goggins doing research on santa and like he has all the different drawings and iterations of them pinned up on the board yeah so good and he's like he's all of those things but he's also just a dude who's got a ranch up in northern canada (laughs) and and randomly walter goggins knows chinese Yep, that's it. Of course he does.